Hi, I'm Emma Cousin, an artist in South East London, and I started this podcast to keep us artists in touch under lockdown. I wanted to talk to other artists about the impact on the artistic community and explore what's changed, what's lost, and what's been discovered. In this episode, Tim Spooner and I talk about ghosts, the importance of drawing, and our slowly prog- progressing collaboration, fictional fashion, which is now having to happen on Skype. Thank you for joining us for Chats with Artists Under Lockdown. Hello. Hello, Tim. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I feel like I should introduce who we are. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'm Emma Cousin, and I'm here with Tim Spooner on our first podcast. We're very excited that it it's working. <laughs> um, on, I don't know what date it is. 27th of March. The 27th of March, losing all track of days, and it's a Friday. Um, and I'm sat in my kitchen. Where are you, Tim? I'm in my sort of new studio for now, which is a room in my house with a desk. Nice. And lots of drawings in it. Nice. And we're, we're going to talk about some, some of the drawings. Um, and I just basically wanted to set the scene of why we're doing this. So just wanted to invite... Um, some artists invite Tim to begin um, to talk about this idea of things being cancelled and like postponement and um, what this has meant, not just in terms of creativity and our practice, but like practically what's been put on hold um, and what might not be seen now because of this. But also alongside that, what we're managing to make through this like energy and kind of anxiety or we talked a bit yesterday about this idea of like purpose. So suddenly feeling like now there's like an urgency to make and this purposeful, like we're going to do it now, like A, because we might all die. Um, but also like more seriously, probably that we, we have a duty, like there's a, there's a certain like care, level of care and tension there that we need to do what we can do in this kind of crisis. Um, so what that looks like and what that is looking like and is it what we expect it to look like and, um, yeah, we might talk a bit about viral art, um, mm. <laughs> which is quite interesting too. Uh, but yeah, that was the premise. So um, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk us through what's on your desk? Maybe what you've, like how it's affected things? You've sent me some amazing pictures of things that have been cancelled. and <laughs> maybe, maybe start with the bad stuff. Like how bad is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've... I've... I feel bad because I'm not having a hugely bad experience of it at the moment, <laughs> in a way. I mean, um, yeah, in ter- I suppose at, at the moment or the sort of bit of time where all this started happening um, in terms of having an impact on work things, at least, mm. um, it was a, a kind of moment where I was, I had two things, a, a performance of my own that was about to happen and a, a performance that I was doing the designing for about to happen and both of those kind of were, were cancelled like really in the moment like one of them the, the day before it was meant to happen and then the other one a few days before it was meant to happen but both of them kind of were in this state where they were sort of ready on the stage or you know in the oh gosh yeah in the studio where you know in the state yeah sort of, at, at the moment where they all sort of came together in in their um, the state state that they would be performed in, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then was sort of immediately cancelled straight after they got to that um, state, just you know, just by chance, really. Mm. Um, so I've had that the experience of that twice in a row, which was sort of um, strange. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I think I I more than anything, I just felt sort of. Um, lucky that they'd got to that stage rather than rather than it happening a bit earlier actually because yeah. it felt like they'd sort of they'd actually arrive even if no one's seen them they'd kind of um reached a point where I'd almost finished the work at least 
Yeah, and I mean, I like that idea that they've arrived. Like, they're sort of where they're supposed to be for the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. And we can't... I mean, I also like the idea. I had some work that was went up to Manchester, and the same thing happened. It was the day before I was supposed to go up there, and we had this sort of tense call about it might not happen. And obviously, that was a very optimistic might. Um, yeah. And then it definitely didn't happen. I didn't get on the train. And I didn't, you know, the, the, the works are just in the space and they, they have hung the show, which feels really generous. <laughs> Obviously, they could have been like, well, it's not going to happen. No one's going to see it. So let's just keep it in its bowl wrap. <laughs> but they hung it and then like took on this little tour on a video, you know, just to show the artists. And it felt like they oh, were on, great. the paintings were like on a little um, like holiday camp together. And at night, like, you know, when at night the toys come alive, like yeah. maybe they're having this like in museum experience of like, you know, being in a gallery without people. And I don't know, it's interesting to think about the lives of those things together in a new space. And obviously, it's Yeah, and the fact that that show exists, even if no one's, that it sort of physically exists. Yeah, I think that's, that's interesting too. Yeah, because how sad would it be to just like, I don't know, to make all this stuff and be surrounded by it? I think there's something about a cancellation, which is if there's like invitations and goodie bags and all that stuff, it's like really depressing. It's like the work's still sat there and it hasn't gone to the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah something you were saying yesterday about I hadn't quite thought of it in that way but when we chatted yesterday on the phone you said something about these things are postponed or not going to happen or whatever but uh, um, I suppose I hadn't you said something of like um, I don't know I can't remember exactly what you said but you said something that suggested that in a way that you will have moved on by the time these things get yeah might get to a get to be seen or not exactly they're not relevant anymore because paintings always exist once they're made but I don't know that they might have missed their chance to be shown there's a sort of anxiety around that Mm -hmm. you can't maybe just simply postpone everything it I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, it, I hadn't thought about it like that. You hadn't thought about it like that. That's interesting. No. Yeah, I guess I just I thought I don't know. Yeah, that I'm constantly. I think in this uh, urgency, like the opposite of that feeling of like sadness and and oh, this is hard and it's very anxiety like making and it's horrible what's happening to some extent around the world and it's and it's quite overwhelming too. It's it's like how do we even deal with this? There, there's an urgency to make so that kind of the equivalency the only way that I've had to deal with it is just keep turning up and keep making and keep responding even if that's like a little drawing or if it's like a you know the idea of touching how can that be riffed on a million times in different ways yeah Um, so I guess because of that productivity or that making I hate the word productivity but because of the urgency to like to keep responding then I feel like by the time 2021 arrives and we're all like, oh, let's do 2020 afresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I think it's, it's happened, like it's gone. It's like, it's too late then. Um, and now there's something else. I mean, hopefully there's something else. And I think it would have changed a lot too. I think actually it might have shifted to quite a lot of, not just people's practices, but people's rhythm, routine. Yeah, uh, ideas I hope of, so. Yeah, I hope so too. Like even ideas of self and appreciation of things and... Mm. Um, I mean, that was kind of one of the, the queries with this. Like, has it maybe changed anything? Have you come to realise anything about yourself or the person you live with or the way you work or anything that you want to share that has been a revelation so far on day, like, nine or whatever we're on? Is that what it is? Yeah. Nine or ten. <laughs> um, well, it's made me, I think, I've so I've spent, I've moved my studio back to the house because it, I I started feeling kind of a bit weird about traveling all the time. I cycle there, but um, and I'm sort of there on my own the whole time. But I don't know. I just felt like I'm going to embrace this fully quite early yeah. on. So I moved like a limited selection of stuff back home. So just all my coloring pencils, yeah. <laughs> watercolors, yeah. and like millions of bits of paper that are the size of postcards. <laughs> And then, so that's sort of one, one project that I've started on. And then the sewing machine and a lot of velvet, which is kind of the other project, which I haven't really started yet. Uh, but they're both quite, they're both sort of based on making things that are quite small that I can do here. Yeah. 
um, which is kind of the opposite of everything I've done recently, which has been projects which take up a lot of time and a lot of space. And um, I don't know, the re the result of them is always somewhere quite far in the future. Yeah. Um, these are all things that are finished within 10 minutes or a day at the most. Yeah. Um, which is sort of what I was really wanting to, wanting to do anyway after, you know, really sort of wanted a change of rhythm and to go back to that way of working, which I'm, I sort of missed quite a lot. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like a change of pace to the point where the work's guiding how fast it needs to go rather than there's a deadline and you're working up to that somehow. Because now there's no deadlines, right? Yeah, yeah. In a way. And time feels completely different. Time feels like a sort of... Yeah, because there's no deadlines and because it's very easy not to really know what day of the week it is. Yeah, definitely. At the moment or any of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and the um, of like the normal, you know, the idea of even, like we were saying, so like the idea of getting dressed properly or, <laughs> you know, and someone said... I'm still doing that, yeah, I must say. Yeah, someone said to me, you do still need to keep showering in a pandemic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that idea of, you know, re retaining the, like... The, the basics so that you can just keep focusing on on like like, like you say re, I guess like tuning into the pace because you can't really worry yeah. about all the other stuff you've got to just have something that's guiding it guiding you through it and it's interesting because the way you're speaking it also makes me think a bit about the word relief like it was a slight relief that not that this happened obviously but that it, it has enabled a break of sorts it's enabled a um a pause like a change of rhythm and it, you were saying yes so you it was something you planned already this idea of a holiday like yeah well a, ch a change of yeah like um I, I yeah I planned almost exactly this I didn't have much work on after these these two last projects which nearly happened but didn't quite so it's this is almost exactly what I planned which so I feel like really lucky that I haven't had to hugely adapt my my plans <laughs> for this time yeah. uh, except it's just it, in a way it's just like a more extreme version of what I was yeah. <laughs> hoping to be doing the anyway limitations have been ultimate. you were saying that like to the point where you have like one green watercolour and you just like I'm, I'm just going to use that for... yeah I've been I'm using that till I've used it up and then I'll choose a different a different like a second favourite colour yeah because <laughs> I can't get any more at the moment I like it so it's not green anything to do with like growth or fungus or viral bacterial I don't know it might be I mean I've, I've been doing all these little the little drawings I've been doing I feel like I'm just picking up where I left off whenever I last was doing them which was quite a while ago now these sort of small uh drawings with watercolor um, and they're always they're, they've got something in common with you know, I think we we share something about bodies sort of touching each other or contacting each other in in interesting ways and sort of trying to keep finding new ways of these figures kind of connecting. Yeah, well, it's but, interesting to me. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, when you were talking about the green, now they've got, obviously, I don't know if it's happening because of all this or because of, just they're just in the line that they're in but um it sort of can't help being about contact and about um disease <laughs> so the green yeah the sort of the, the green has taken on something else I think the green used to be it was a sort of oxide -y, you know um verdigris oh, sort yeah, of copper oxide green um yeah and very really sort of ancient I was gonna say very, uh, we use for underpainting of bodies as well that's right yeah yeah um yeah it's exactly that kind of uh olivey mm. thing um but now it's sort of this cartoon color for being ill isn't it you know <laughs> sort of green emoji well, and actually i mean this is it, it's also a color for being dead right if you look at the deposition the christ is always green yeah so there's also this idea about well, how do you know flesh is is what it is like how do you read flesh which is interesting and how do you read a body even or how do you read skin or how and I guess there's also that thing of like threshold in terms of a lot of your bodies are like interacting with each other um into like it's almost like they're becoming each other so they're poking or they're they're sort of slightly puncturing 
are overlapping to the point you can see both bits so they become layered in a way that you can you know they're both part of the same form yeah well the way so the way I've been doing them which is a new thing is that I, um, I often do um draw the same picture and over and over and over again but um with this with these ones I've been doing one drawing drawing a line drawing then sort of just coloring it in with the watercolor and then after that I've just been doing it with the watercolor and then putting the lines on on top of the watercolor when it's dry and it means that the so I'm sort of using that original drawing just as a as a um instruction really Mm. and then the rest are are more the real thing in my head yeah um, but it means that the watercolor. It, I don't know. It, yeah, it means that in the mo- in the most recent ones, as in the last, yeah. I don't know, ten hours. <laughs> um, yeah, the watercolor is sort of merging where where they cross and doing something of its own. Yeah, kind of sort of infecting each other or being like maybe this is because of what you were saying mm-hmm. yesterday on the phone about ghosts as well the yeah. sort of um translucency between things or the yeah like you just said the um the see-throughness of of um of two things crossing yeah yeah i mean i'm interested that you talk about the the, the like how you're making of drawings in exactly the same way that the first one is sort of an instruction of some kind of like working out and then that becomes the instruction to demonstrate to the other things the other things being the figures the characters what yeah next and then they evolve from there um and then I suppose yeah in terms of because I suppose if you were to ask me the same question about why what how the work maybe responds to this idea of this sort of invisible threat or this viral thing all the idea we can't touch each other or contact becoming quite kind of weaponized in a way um or even the cough like certain like expulsions of the body which are really natural Mm. and feel good like singing shouting you know i mean clapping yeah it was nice that everyone clapped yesterday for the nhs it was like this amazing like you felt people just were letting go of something and with joy which is such an amazing like group activity it felt phenomenal um, yeah, but I was thinking about that as well about this idea of what because then we're holding it all in, kind of thing. Um, all that wanting, all that need for affection and letting go and relief and breath. And I don't know, it's funny. yeah, and definitely sort of feeling our edges more, our borders. Yeah, yeah, honestly, you know, where we end more and less, though. It's weird. I feel like that idea of contracting <laughs> is because we were talking yesterday about the idea of contracting into your house, and then that idea also of contracting. Like, you know, if you really are feeling unwell, then you have to contract your bedroom and then you contract your bed and then you contract <laughs> to your, like, head where the pain is or, like, your cough or whatever it is. So this kind of idea of, um, of like, going to somewhere that you can't quite get to. It's interesting, a lot of yoga practices at the moment, like, they're kind of incessant in a brilliant way that they're all on Instagram. But they are quite, it's as a prerogative to do, like, do loads of yoga every day, um, which has been really interesting to sort of experience what's out there. And one of the yeah. things is very much like about going, going, finding where that is, like finding where the bit that needs to be touched is, like with your eyes closed. Um, and, like, right. and that in itself, like, is that actually your little finger or is it your stomach or is it in your like, left shoulder? or And why is it there? Is it because it hurts or is it because it actually that's where you like, or you're hungry even, you know, it's like kind of like recognizing what you yeah. need somehow. Um, but I suppose that threshold thing, particularly with these drawings you're making where they're sort of intertwined but you can also see them as flat like two-dimensional figures like line drawings there's something interesting about that kind of um transition when we were saying yesterday in terms of ghosts so i'm at the moment a lot um, a lot of my work is is thinking about this idea of as in like people with sheets over their head pretending to be (laughs) that's not really (laughs) spiritual (laughs) Like, <laughs> although it has the research has taken me there as well a bit um but I started this before I started these weird paintings where they were like the figures were all covered in sheets or like t-shirts that mm. were becoming like um co- you know some kind of joint cloth that then unites them all but then they're all pulled and almost like someone getting dressed yeah. but then yeah. they're kind of got their arms stuck and they can't get out there's this kind of entrapment, yeah. you know <laughs> this this thing where they're a bit stuck or trapped but kind of by themselves and 
complicit in what's happening because they're also trapping someone else because they're probably pulling something. Yeah, there's a kind of circularity. Yeah. yeah. They're all doing and being exactly. done too. Yeah, and being undone and tied up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I was interested because I started to then watch, um, which I normally wouldn't do uh, unless you feel a bit unwell, as we were saying yesterday, the guilty pleasure of like watching a few movies in one day. And watched yeah. like, every ghost film that I could find on like on the internet. <laughs> um, or lots of them at least. Um, and the different kind of descriptions of ghosts, like how do people illustrate what a ghost is to a cinematic audience? Um, yeah. So the, yeah, the idea of using color is one key thing. Like in the film Ghost, uh, with Demi Moore and like Whoopi Goldberg, it's an amazing film. Um, also has a really funny coughing scene right at the beginning. It feels really oh. relevant. <laughs> it's a really good thing to watch right now, and it's all about not being able to touch and being isolated and being cut off from someone who's obviously the guy's died. But this idea right, of yeah, to touch yeah. him and how to like how to do that and how to feel close to someone who isn't there anymore. Um, is obviously really potent at the moment. So there was all those things that I didn't expect to be interesting. And then the practicalities of watching this guy who's basically a ghost try and move through, like, like how does a body move through a door? And that yeah. idea of the quality of the skin and the quality of a door, um, and that being a colour threshold too. So when, when the guy becomes yeah. like the ghost, he goes blue because he's cold, because he's dead, actually. And then yeah. when he's human kind of looking figure he ends up being warm like you know skin tones or um particularly reds he goes towards red spectrum um mm. i mean it's worth saying he's also a white male but even so he's he the spectrum is really specific and at that point he almost becomes a cartoon because the blue and the red in the middle merge to be purple so he's like edge if you like he's like edge between his threshold becomes this weird like creeping heat or something yeah. And I was just really interested because I often use colour thinking about heat and like, you know, how are these figures like in yeah. pain so they're burning like the bottom of a pan or they're like, I don't know, they might be in a very cold atmosphere. So what does that, you know, what does a freezing cold vein that someone's trying to put a cannula in feel like? Um, so, mm. Sorry, they're both quite, quite, uh, that's quite aggressive. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> no, but we, uh, yeah, it, it got the message across. <laughs> but there's something, there's something in that. Um in, and then I guess so that was one description of that idea of threshold and then another one which was spirited away that film with the little girl it's like an anime um, film yeah. which is really beautiful like so beautiful as a movie um, I'd be fascinated to know if kids have like love it as much as I did but it was um, it's just amazing that at one point she's turning into a ghost and she sort of see, she says I'm see through I'm dis- disappearing and I think there's something so about that yes. idea of being seen like at the moment like why are we all connecting why do we all want to suddenly have phone calls and it's like if we can't be seen how can we sort of feel like we've been seen or something yeah um but i suppose yeah the idea of her being see-through and then her see-throughness trying to touch someone and they're they're both sort of overlapping in that way that your drawings do so you yeah. know how to i guess i'm always thinking how can i do that in paint um so that idea of bodies that are then layering, but you can see each thing through the other thing so that, you know, it's almost like um, um, what we were talking yesterday about peripheral vision, you know, something becoming something else or or transmuting or like... Yeah, those things that can can happen, yeah, in your peripheral vision, they think can sort of happen that, I don't know, don't feel possible in your... Um, normal vision where where it's kind of slightly more there's more sort of protocol about it and more it's more concrete and set well it was interesting to me yesterday you said about um the only time you think you've seen or you, the relationship you have with ghosts is in your peripheral vision <laughs> yeah but i think no, that I might that be quite crazy. common because it feels like things are sort of possible there because i don't know i think there's something about the way we see which is not um you know it has to it it must be very there's loads of consciousness going on. There's loads of rules and sort of almost language going on in the way we see, at the, or the way we look, at least. And I think in the peripheries, things can, in in the same way that dreaming is like a sort of looser form of thinking. I think 
there's something that can happen in peripheral vision that's that's a kind of looser form of mm. seeing and things can you things can get away with stuff uh there and you can kind of accept things there yeah. uh, that you don't accept you don't kind of um accept yeah i don't want to say sort of rationalize because it's sort of earlier than that but your vision rejects certain things probably um when it's right well and there's that thing of like just blink and it'll go away in that in, in a lot of the films they blink mm. or they close their eyes and they hide their faces and then they open them again and expect this thing to have disappeared and the problem happens when it hasn't disappeared right um yeah. but then in real yeah. life <laughs> maybe not in films um, I think there is, because we obviously do, apparently we hallucinate our peripheral vision. So it's essentially filled in by our imagination, um, which yeah. makes a lot of sense when you realise that. But actually, it's quite scary to think, well, actually, I'm not. That is actually, we're just filling in a hole. Like, there's a blind spot for real. There's a hole there. Um, which makes yeah. believing ghosts more believable, because what else are we, like, filling in, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, and again, there's something that kind of spreads out from the individual in that there's something more kind of, well, blurry in all sorts yeah. of ways, where where we actually connect and cross over. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cases. I mean, the blurry is a really good word as well, because there's something about the blur between, um, you know, the, the idea of this, this person being in in the body, but not of the body. So a body that we can see as the viewer of the film, but then ha- can pass through a door. So then it has to blur itself to become kind of part of the yeah. door and then enter the out other side of the door. So the, the, you know, the, how do you create that blur, that kind of fuzzy edge? Um, and we were talking about auras a bit as well. Yes. It's funny. I've been doing loads of stuff in, in both those projects, just by chance and other things. That uh, those things that got cancelled, <laughs> um, they were both. They both had uh, this attempt to sort of blur mm. the body in them, and it was like a sort of cartoon attempt because actually the body was not blurred, but it was it was something about me trying to do that that was the interesting thing for me. And they, they, so they both had costumes in them that um, had. You know where the stripes on the side of a Adidas yeah, tracksuit yeah. would go, um, so all the way up the sides. Um, they had f- sort of stripes of fur they sound brilliant. there <laughs> that that were like these sort of. I mean, this relates to our yeah. project as well. There's <laughs> more to do with it, but um, so I'm going off in a tangent. But um, yeah, this idea of 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 uh, thinking of the body as a sort of image on the on the stage, and then you know, as a as a yeah. silhouette um, with a kind of sharp line defining the edges of it, and then adding adding something kind of wobbly and vague uh, onto that edge um, as an attempt to kind of become a blur that's actually not blurry, but solid to kind of dress up as a blur somehow oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'm just writing that down because I think there's something about the idea of, yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of I think this is a real idea it gives me a clear picture of how you actually come to work as well this idea of this sharp silhouette and then you add something wobbly to sort of destabilize and then the edge becomes and then it becomes about dressing as a blur rather than a costume that someone's wearing to pretend to be something they're they're sort of embodying a yeah you know an action or a kind of a, a, a verb almost like to be a blur <laughs> it's quite interesting yeah I think that's yeah and it's like a trying it's an attempt because actually it doesn't end up being that at all but that's sort of the impetus to make something in the first place and then almost like the first drawing in these in the series of drawings that's mm. like an instruction you sort of have that as a, you know, yeah. you've got to do something. You, may, you you have to come up with some sort of instruction yeah. or other. What, and then it takes on its own, yeah, what great way, you know, it becomes what, yeah, whatever what it's going to be. About drawing that basically what, what, I can't remember what you just said, but what, what else are you going to do? You know, it's almost like just, you're almost, you quite strip yourself, like get on with it. <laughs> you know, like you've just got to, you've just got to get, get an, 
get the first one um, and then do it, especially at the moment where there's like that paralysis. It feels like yeah. actually, if you just, what else are you going to do to do it? Then you kind of step onto the next thing and then you're sure you're on like firmer ground somehow and you know more, you're a bit closer to what your intention might have been. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, it's quite nice to go back to that state actually because I think both of us have probably experienced um that thing of I'm just drawing because I want because there's nothing else to do or I want to whatever and then also drawing or painting because we've got something in mind you know we've been asked to or we've got a sort of final thing in mind and I've been really enjoying going back to doing it because I don't really have anything else I don't really have a huge number of choices so I mean that's the most obvious thing to do but then how is that in a way that we like it is a bit of a gift to be able to sit there and be like I'm I'm drawing and it's sort of like that idea of labor or work it's really a curious one because it just feels so phenomenal it takes you places that you couldn't get otherwise and it's like it's an instruction that you can keep going like it's it's a very like drawing is for me is definitely I was thinking how could we even you know have an Instagram live drawing like get everyone drawing it would help everybody um because it is one of those things that I think you kind of you almost forget as a practitioner sometimes like you're making stuff for things with deadlines and getting on with it and it's amazing and you kind of in I get really overexcited but that slowing down space of like sitting with crayons and like things to hand I know whether we're the same with that as well we have this like um non-hierarchical use of kind of everything and anything and especially you like when we came together for a workshop last year it was just amazing that we were like oh and then we can use tipex and then we can use glitter and then pencil and then like bits of buttons yeah. and like leaves and shells and we just you know paint and pots of fan paint and old nail polish and um you know we did use a really interesting kind of hybrid of kind of stationary meets high art meets like you know, makeup box. Um, and it is, it's like, it's yeah. playful too. I think there's that thing about kind of doing it wrong on purpose and thing, which is exciting. Yeah. And, um, and it's sort of a, yeah, something people talk about a lot, but the idea of not really worrying yeah, about oh, messing okay. it up. Like with the, at the moment I'm messing up loads of them and it doesn't, and knowing I'm going to mess them up <laughs> even before I do that, you know, like use that yeah. wrong colour or whatever it is. But it doesn't, it, even though I know in advance I'm just about to mess it up, it doesn't really up. matter. Because <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. It oh, just because it's, I don't know, just rather <laughs> subjective, isn't it? But it's just obviously, I don't know. Uh, well, this one, I, I'm just <laughs> looking at one that's messed up. That I was just doing the outlines in pencil, then I thought... I'd do it in this sort of quite sharp charcoal instead because I thought, what happens uh, if it's a blacker line? But it's just, uh, I knew it wasn't right and then I just did it anyway and it's not its yeah. not right. That's just how, I mean, I yeah. don't know how to put it clearer than that. Yeah, it's just yeah, not very good. <laughs> I know, and sometimes the ones where I, I made one that I was sort of trying, I got these, I, I too got my colouring pencils. So I've got this, it was my birthday and I, that's all I asked for because all I want is these colouring pencils. So I got these colouring pencils and they're really beautiful. They come in this gorgeous box and they're like small, but it's, they're all really pretty and they feel good to hold and they've got a nice weight. You know, everything about them is smooth and they have a real kind of potency of colour, really like uh, exact colour to them, a bit chalky. Um, and when you use them, it's like you want everything to be almost like give like they do so it's it, they have they have a preciousness to them which i'm struggling with because i yeah. you know i have this impression of making yeah. something beautiful um and you always have to have someone else's work in mind as well with that you're like oh it could be a, like you know like louis holwell's pastels or something like which is stunning that idea yeah. of using material which is quite sensuous and a bit sexy and pleasurable um and quite indulgent too uh I found that that making yeah. like they're all kind of naff. They're just they're not bad. They're just not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I'm having the same problem, and I think maybe that's a good kind of segue onto our like how we might be spending some of the time. Um, 
because there's this idea of it that we've been toying with and had one session with and like had lots of chats about which is sort of using this idea of like failure and this attempt and kind of moving towards things like maybe not quite working or bringing things together that shouldn't belong together in fashion and like making some kind of like faux fashion yeah. line um I'm saying faux yeah. fashion because I'm imagining it's probably not fashionable what we're going to make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it is like fictional <laughs> fashion, better. isn't it? I, for some reason, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is exactly between that and real fashion, but it makes me more comfortable saying that it's like we we can be pretending yeah. to do um, fashion. Yeah, I don't know why. So sort of just it's, it may maybe it's more I think it's free. A, I don't know. Cheap because we're not to taking ourselves not that real. seriously. Like, I don't think we really imagine that this is the next Gucci. Yeah, but who does? Um, yeah. yeah, maybe. I think I don't know. Alexander Green took himself quite seriously. <laughs> <I'd say>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. What you mean. <laughs> I think that's why it's, it could be really good though, um, because basically we're just we're you know grabbing two materials and going. We could put this on here, or we could add that to that, or we could like. You know, um, I'm trying to think of specific examples, but I should probably describe your studio a bit, maybe, because that's helpful for how exciting it is. Yeah, but um, I know you've moved. It's, it's a different one now, though. I was, oh, You're describing a ghost one. I like that. Well, it was a very, it was an amazing experience to be able to go and dive into all these boxes. That's all. You have you had this sort of catalogue boxing archive system of of all the old <laughs> objects that were like, um, you know, fluffy balls and then, um, I don't know, like chains and zips and stick-on, iron-on, like uh, vinyl. And I don't know, you can probably list, it sort of sounds like an extended poem if you were to list all the items in your studio. <laughs> um, yeah, your categories. What, my categories? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the categories are quite blurry again. But um, nice. well, one box is balls, and that's just everything <laughs> spherical. But then, then they, I've got a difficult. There's a sort of difficult transition between balls and yeah. beads, because of the whole box yeah. of beads. Uh, so ball, when balls get <laughs> small enough, they become beads. I think in that logic, because then also circular things have started going in balls because they're like yeah. A silhouette of a ball um and then beads with beads goes like buttons and pearls and those animal eyes. i've got a lot of those animal you know mm. teddy bear eyes and noses so noses then go into beads with eyes so everything kind of each object kind of invites another thing into the category so it and then you have to decide where to stop it and that ends up being like <laughs> when the box is full like when the green way, one's out or like when the green ones run when the out. what runs out it's sort of the same logic like when the green runs out yeah exactly yeah and then yeah so so categories keep shifting and you have to keep sort of crossing out what's in what if you you know suddenly if you i get loads of noses in for example <laughs> it's not happening yet, it might. Anyone, then i'll have to have a whole nose nose box yeah uh but yeah and then loads of chain now it's actually i've got much more into using chain since we last met um so that might that might come into it when we next meet. Uh, yeah, chain, long things, chain, tubes, ribbon, Velcro, things oh. that kind of can be coiled up. Oh, it's really anyway. Yeah, that's it's it's difficult it to difficult, to categorize that's why it's things. So interesting to hear you like dealing with that difficulty in quite a sort of weird logic. It's like a skewed logic that's it's blurry logic, logical wobbly logic, but very specific and, yeah. and experiencing that as someone coming in and sort of finding things to play with you know that idea of grabbing things to hand everything is kind of ordered in this way that's really um it's inviting in a use as well as inviting in like a collaboration or a, a bringing together of two things it's like things that have static or something yeah static oh that reminds me of the other category was current and that was that is um just current thing it was meant to be for current projects like paper that is written on or drawn on with sort of oh. current projects that are ongoing but then it's also got paracetamols <laughs> and um batteries because they're like current because the, the painkillers yeah you need them in the moment so you need to know where they are and then 
batteries is about electric current. So it's more about just sort of a way of remembering where things are going to be because it's important to not waste time, you know, not kind of, not, it's not about wasting time, but not lose and yeah, thought, exactly. you know, by looking for stuff. Yeah, yeah especially in drawing because it's the immediate connectivity between sort of hand and sort of, I don't know, the back of the brain somewhere. It's not, if you go through the front, the front of it, you lose the back of it or something. Yeah. I don't know what the right connection is, but you lose, you join something up which essentially has to be disconnected to, to, work, to, to draw like that, I think. Yeah, and that's the same, I think that's exactly the same as having to add uh, something while the paint is still wet. So you have to, there's a kind of hurry yeah. about certain things or while the, you know, whatever modelling material you're using is um, still wet, yeah. something might need to be embedded into it. So you've, I don't know, there's a sort yeah. of uh, urgency about it. Oh, it's amazing. That sounds really, I, I love the idea of your category system anyway. Um well, they've all got well, really mixed up now because I've moved and have like, What do you imagine you're going to be doing with some of this time, as well as drawing, maybe? Well, that's that's sort of on ice now. The studio, I've just sort of the new studio is where it is, and um, I'm I'm not going to be there now f for now. So it's just sort of <laughs> frozen in time for a bit, and I'll get back to it and finish finish setting it up I mean it's sort of roughly there but it's all a bit in um you know the categories are in chaos and things haven't found their reachable you know reachable like yeah I reach out and know where something and you find is yourself sort of state, this really gorgeous phrase that um Di Jenkins told me which is about ghosting a painting the idea that when you're away from a painting you can like play through the moves in your head so that you can like ghost it as in like do versions that could exist or maybe like so then they could I mean, they become oh, ghosts really because nice. they're never the real thing. But then they kind of haunt the painting in a way. These moves that could have been made. I loved it as a description. Yeah, that's um, and it's something that now I'm thinking all these people, especially lots of artists away from their studios, have got to like essentially be constantly ghosting these moves that might never happen or probably won't happen, but could help help to haunt the painting in a way that feels like progressing you know like if you listen to your ancestors or if you like have a memory or something sometimes it helps decide what to do in the future yeah and they kind of sit somewhere on top of it or yeah behind it as so a, you find yourself like ghosting the studio or being with the sorting or or is it more like it's frozen it's in a box it's over there it's i'll come to it when it's all I think it's that. I think it's the second one. I think because I've brought, I've chosen these particular things to bring here. These, these, uh, this kind of flat things project and the three D things project, which is the sewn velvet objects. I think I'm just. I mean, I woke up this morning thinking about one of mm. what one of those should be, and kind of uh, like, <laughs> I was laughing to myself. <laughs> but um. So I think I've sort of commit, committed in that way to to these um, the yeah. projects that are kind of available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still in the stage where, yeah, I'm kind of having to. I don't really know what they are yet, so I'm um, I'm thinking about them all the time, and yeah, thinking about those moves, kind of in yeah. in wrong moments, you know. When, when, I'm yeah. them, when I'm in bed. Yeah, that becomes a really useful <laughs> space, doesn't it? You know, the first like 10 minutes of when you wake up and you can lie there and sort of play things out. Um, not kind of so much how the day is going to go, but more specifically, like like you say, you might have had a dream or some you've left with some resonance or something and trying to work out how that could alter a move or give you an idea for something um, is quite exciting, I think, as well. Mm. I, I, it just made me think also about like the um, a bit like what I was saying about the kind of idea of something like the idea of mm. this person's going to look like a blur or yeah. and then the actual reality of it and they don't look <laughs> anything like a blur but there's something that's happened through through trying you know attempting to do it also the, there's something about an imagined move an imagined bit of painting or an imagined mm. you know uh bit of making of something that might never happen 
that means it's sort of only the imagined version rather than yeah. that kind of translation. Maybe it's quite yeah, nice to keep some things like definitely. that. Definitely, and I think it's also you can, you can, your ideas are always the best things you ever do in a way. Like the paintings always fail to sort of live up to the idea to some extent. So. Um, yeah. Which is why you have to keep going. Yeah, because you've got doing another idea. You feel just... like that's worth pursuing, and then it, it shifts, and each sort of bit that doesn't go how you planned it opens up all these other sort of categories or possibilities. Or like with each painting I've got with these ghosts, I've got an idea of how I want to try and approach it in terms of investigating how are they like ghosts? Like, what am I? In, what, what? What is this obsession with the ghost thing? Like, why are they even ghosts? They're just bodies with cheats on their heads, or. So all the layers that that could mean, and then, you know, whether that's in one of them thinking about this boundary, one of them thinking about them being tied up literally, one of them that it's inside, outside, one of them you can see through it, one of them the body colour, like the mannerists might become, the body colour might become the same tone as the sheets, and what would that do? So there's all these kind of endless possibilities, and the next version of that is always the one that's the most exciting, I guess. So... um, and in some ways, like you say, the, the, all the moves can't happen because there's not enough time to make all those things either. So yeah. what's been enjoyable, yeah. especially like watching the films and having that kind of the moves happening and whilst watching films being like, oh, that's how I could do that. Like I could translate the ghost thing by shifts of tone or shifts of heat or, um, you know, whatever, transparency or or weight, or um, or light, you know, thinking about light as well as a key. And thinking about ghosts, often they have a dark inside and then there's this white sheet, which is pure on the outside. Um, so, uh, yeah, imagining all those moves in a way that you're not sort of consciously sat in front of the painting um, is, was so helpful, definitely, yeah. I like the way they just reminding me of those, the paintings you sent me, one of the one that that you sent me that um, I mean, it, if they're ghosts, then they feel to me like they're all trying to do that spooky do <laughs> thing of like reveal reveal that that they're not a ghost, and that but they're all ghosts doing that to each other, like in this kind of circular um, action of like trying to insist that they're the ghost, but revealing yeah, all the others. I mean, there's ghosts. a comedy in, in the idea of putting a sheet over your head because, to some extent, it feels like a safe space and no one can see you. But and you know, but to the other extent, you're the most conspicuous you could ever be in a sheet because you know you stand out and it looks scary if anything. So there's then you're a threat. So it's yeah. this odd uh, juxtaposition between the inside and outside and the sort of the perception of it. But also the comedy of someone in a sheet kind of failing to be scary is hilarious. Um, and how does that happen? Yeah. What yeah. What is that transition? And um, uh, even kids know that ghosts are scary. You know, even when they're not told, they're like, oh, that's scary. And why is that scary? And it, like, maybe it's the faceless quality or like the holes in the, the, the eyes or I don't know, there's something about that which is part of my query, I guess. Like, what is, yeah, why, why do people do it? And, and even illusion, you know, like the idea of covering something up or shrouding a body, shrouding it after it's someone's died or, or putting a, a cloth over your head so mm. you can sleep or keep flies off or there's sort of lots of practical reasons things are shrouded too um, or covered up for like modesty or or um, yeah and this, it feels like there's lots of different kind of um, roles of the the covering of the veil yeah as well the veil, the veil. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah I like what you said about sort of hiding. You, the, on one level, it's like hiding, and then on the other level, it's being extra conspicuous. I've been thinking a lot about that, sort of trying to, in performances, try yeah. to hide on the stage. And the more you hide, the more yeah, kind of present you become. Yeah, it's like when you're playing on the seat and you run into a room and you hide behind a door and you're breath, you're like... <laughs> You don't get it. and you can't help it. You're kind of nervous, yeah. And you then you want to sneeze, and then it's like the whole thing gets sabotaged by this internal system that sort of knows you're being hunted or something, even though it's a game. It's really silly. Yeah. Um, and the same thing as you get the giggles. You know, I play with my like godson, and he and he'll just stand behind the door and he just can't stop laughing, even though he knows it's going to give us away. 
and there's something really brilliant about that like you are invisible you're that person like they could search and then never find you but you want to be found too so I think all the figures they don't want to be on their own they want to yeah. be in touch like and in some ways they're very connected because they're all covered with the same material but then they're all constrained and isolated so I guess that brings us full circle back to our current like position not invention very good um <laughs> yeah so I don't know um, I want to ask you what do you believe in ghosts because it was interesting what you said about peripheral like have you had any experiences with ghosts no I don't think I've had an experience like people talk about experiences of ghosts but I don't know I'm sort of I don't <laughs> think I believe in anything really like I believe in drawing at all I, or or uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know so I think it sort of all exists on ultimately on yeah. one level yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, I don't know I'm not I'm not in a metaphysical that's mood, a great but, response by the way uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it was interesting even when so my mum's often saying like what are you working on she wants to sort of know what's happening if I'm especially because we're remote from one another um but even normally and I'll sort of very flippantly just say oh you know I'm thinking about ghosts and I'm making these new paintings and then she's like, why are you talking, why are you thinking about ghosts? What are you? And it gets into this really deep conversation about, yeah, metaphysics. And, you know, she starts quoting Shakespeare's, like the Hamlet use of ghosts and stuff. Um, but it's interesting, something it really isn't, sometimes it really isn't about that. Um, but I suppose... Well, I like that, yeah, you're talking about ghosts and you mean that <laughs> implicitly. And you assume we all understand what you mean by that. And you really mean people <laughs> exactly. with sheets over their heads. I mean, I mean the transition between someone that's <laughs> like, um, you know, kind of impotent or, or normal or um, readable or of of the flesh and something which is um, transitional or unknown or potentially scary or funny or hidden or um, or revealed. Yeah. <laughs> um, or dead or alive. I like that boundary as well, so... Uh, amazing that was really nice wow I, I love the that's nice oh it made me we didn't talk much about our fashion project but it made me think we should do some ghost um ghost um, oh my gosh yes I've just fashion. found those bed sheets I was before this all happened I was going around charity yeah, shops buying bed sheets with an idea to make some kind of structures that were sort of inspired by ghosts with pvc pva pva glue <laughs> PVA glue and um, like linen or cotton sheet or whatever bed sheet, bed sheets from charity shops, um, and mm. sort of structures that looked like faces but were just essentially sheets held up by bits of wire. Um, so yeah, let's definitely that would be really exciting. Um, so one of our plans okay. for this time is maybe to Skype and with our sewing machines in our respective spaces. Um, although mine's very basic, my mother-in-law has only just taught me how to use it, <laughs> and it's her old sewing machine. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I think that's um, a good thing. So we can get started. That would be yeah, maybe a ghost-themed uh, collection. Collection. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And then I just wondered if we could leave people maybe okay, with, like, if anyone's listening to this with anything like that we're reading or anything that we're doing. I know we're both cooking a lot and like putting time into that and like loving to the food for the people that we love that we're living with. Um, but maybe anything mm. like particularly comedies, I was really struggling to find anything funny that is actually funny. I feel like we're a different generation and nothing, no, <laughs> no comedies are, are funny in the same way. Um, so anything or even a, a serious book, uh... anything that we can kind of like, I've not been reading anything. That's one thing I've not got into the rhythm for again yet. Um, comedy. <laughs> I can't remember the, the name of it, but someone someone told me about this thing that is on. Um, you can find it on YouTube. It's like an old BBC thing from with Julia Davis and um, oh, cool. Vicky Pepperdine in it, and other people. Um, but kind of quite. Is it like the Charlie Chaplin but women ago. doing comedy thing? Oh no, it's about a kind of experimental oh, cool. theatre group, but it's kind of mocking. I mean, if you've got experience of any kind of um, 
experimental Pretty, theater you right, have funny probably <laughs> all right but you have so to search for what it's actually called YouTube, i can't remember yeah great that's the name of it um amazing and then uh what about me what about um, you well i don't know i'm always reading five thousand things at the same time <laughs> in a way that they all kind of merge and it, I don't know if it's very helpful sometimes but it's sort of, I feel like in the same way you're not reading, I have to read lots of different levels if you know what I mean, like one thing that's really easy and one poem that is mm. really exciting and one, I don't know like theory, some theory that's really hard and it all kind of bounces off each other so then I don't get stuck in any of it, kind of um, so yeah. I'm reading yeah. um women looking at men looking at women um which is okay. i'm trying to look look up who it's by um it's by an author it's like a normally a novelist um but she's brilliant um and it's like little sort of each chapter is a, a ver- like looking at art history and a version of this i guess in terms of um that she talks about picasso um i think it's picasso uh, who else does she reference? Three key figures, anyway. Male figure. De Kooning's one, I think, Picasso, and someone that's less well known, like um, maybe it's Max Beckman, about the way they talk about themselves as women, um, which is interesting. So it's not a sort of, um, you know, mm. uh, kind of, it's not anti feminism, <laughs> but it is, it is a version of looking at where yeah. the, the boundaries are slightly blurred and where there's space for both things and it just has brilliant moments in it like it talks about um max beckman's uh writing about how he was um in the war at one point and he was a medic during the war and he used to kind of write these amazing letters with descriptions of seeing people's faces like blown to pieces essentially but seeing their like inside of their ear through their cheekbone and they're just like delicious descriptions a bit like um, sartre's nausea has descriptions of faces like cheese Uh, this is really similar. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Things so sort of changing substance. That yeah, it just feels very generous and written like a novelist. So it's a very kind of um, juicy and delicious language, um, as well as interesting facts and stuff that you just don't know. Um, so yeah, essays on art, sex, and the mind mm. is what it's called by Siri Hurstbet. Okay. Um, I am reading um, Elias Castanas, Crowds and Power. Um, which is actually really brilliant as well um, because um, it's it's for the moment, I mean, for this current moment when we can't touch each other again, it's very much talking about touch and crowds and why we actually want to be in a crowd and the idea of what we can do in crowds that we can't do on our own. So it is actually, it's a critical mm. theory book, but it is also very positive. There's something about it. Maybe it's my mindset and I'm reading it through that lens. But it is, um, it's, it, you know, it talks about why when we're sitting on a tube, why we don't want to touch each other and why that's so offensive. But then when you fall in love with someone, why you touch them all the time um, and the boundaries between that. And also the idea yeah. of having a house with walls. And when we go, when crowds come together in a riot, why breaking down the walls is such a, an important thing, which at the moment there's that idea of yeah. we're all in our houses kind of safe in our own pockets, but I can't help worrying about everyone out there who isn't safe in their walls or doesn't have walls. So it's yeah. really interesting yeah. thinking about that sort of pack mentality versus the capitalist dream um individualistic uh, and where that comes from. Um yeah. so that's really good as well. Um and then I'm trying to find the Albert Camus um book, The Outsider. It's sometimes called The Stranger, I think it's too Yeah. Um, which is also brilliant uh, and essentially existential angst, brilliant Camus. I wouldn't read The Plague at the moment, it's too much. Um, <laughs> it's too obvious. It's too actually, obvious. Again, I started reading this before that. Um, <laughs> so, um, and then the other thing which I've just finished, which is really hopeful and just wonderful, is The Overstory, um, which is by Richard Powers. Um, yeah, and it's just a brilliant novel about trees and humans. Um, and we can still touch trees, so it's a really nice okay. way to like, connect with nature and feel like I'm, like, one of the things I'm doing is getting obsessed with my plants. Like, I have a few indoor plants, 
and I'm like really tending them yeah. in a way that I would not normally have the time to pay attention. Um, and that's, I feel like they're rewarding me because they're all growing and they're all like really talking back to me a bit and flowering. Like there's one that's magically flowered when it's, I didn't even know it could flower. Um, so that's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, everyone else is really, <laughs> really well out of this, I think. The non-human. I, the non-human. I mean, that's something my mum said yesterday. Maybe that we're having such good weather because the world's sort of rewarding us for stopping and stopping some of the damage we're doing and it's sort of telling us yeah. that we're doing the right thing. So wow. I hope that's true. <laughs> I like to think it'll be that way. So Cool. Um, okay, amazing. Well, maybe we'll do another one when we're doing our um, sewing. I have Maybe with... That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be funny. Okay. And if I can, Let's I'll try, try and put some images of your work with this. I still don't know quite what I'm doing, so we'll figure it out. <laughs> There'll be a way. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks. For- okay, great. Yeah, you too, always. And have a Very good nice day. to talk to you. Happy drawing. You too. <laughs> yeah, see you soonish. <laughs> see you soonish. Bye.